Hi, friends. Welcome to Race to Rise podcast, a place where we discuss bite-sized wisdom nuggets with easy-to-follow practices to live a better life. I am your host, Mithal Patel, a parenting junkie, Ayurveda enthusiast, and an advocate of conscious living. One of the biggest challenge us parents face on a regular basis, on a day-to-day basis, is how to make our kids listen. And when we say that we want to make our kids listen to us, what we mean is we want them to comply with whatever guidance or recommendations or things that needs to get done on, you know, from a school level to activity levels to, you know, health-wise, whatever that is, right? And so that's what I really want to talk about today, that when we say that we want our kids to listen, we mean that we want our kids to comply with our request or recommendation. And it's not just with our kids, but it's with any relationship. We all want other people to comply with our request or, you know, the expectations and just because I blurred out the word expectations so early, I didn't want it to, but let's go there. Expectations. How do you define expectations? So I actually Googled expectation, and the first definition that comes is expectation means a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. Or it can be defined as expectation is a belief that someone will or should achieve something. And I really like the second one. That's what actually the expectation means. And that's what we have with our kids. Like we want our, you know, we have all these expectations that are, and we think or we want our kids to fulfill our expectations and meet, you know, our agenda. And so that's what we mean, a belief that someone will or should achieve something. That's what expectation means, right? And we all face, there are two types of expectations. Outer expectations, such as like deadlines, you know, a request from, or demand, I I shall say, a demand from a growing little being in your life or, you know, following an agenda or a plan. And inner expectations, such as like a desire to keep up with our New Year's resolution just because it's coming up, or like, you know, start and stick with the habit that we really think is healthy for us, right? Like a desire, something that we want to do from internally. And how someone responds to these inner and outer expectations is what determines our behavior or, you know, our life in general. And so how cool would it be to know that how others respond to your expectations? It would be wonderful, right? If you knew that this is how your kids are going to follow the plan or your quote-unquote expectations or agenda list, life would be so much easier. In short, everyone will comply with each other. So it would be really it would be really wonderful to understand 
and you know, know that how others respond to the expectations. So that way we have better understanding how can we help them be more effective. And that's what we want in our parent-child relationships specifically, right? We want to be effective in our communication with our kids. And at the same time, we want to ensure that our kids, you know, are complying with the life's, you know, what's good for them in general. Like we want them to follow the healthy habits. We want them to eat, you know, healthy food and we want them to make healthy choices. But of course, if we force them, it's not going to happen. So we want to facilitate the environment because I am truly, I firmly believe that the growth is in facilitation and not the force, right? So when we force something, it doesn't work because then they are doing it out of fear or they're just doing it to do it and just to make us happy. And so instead, we want to ensure that we are facilitating the growth where the child is complying with the request because they want to and they see the benefit and they see that this will make a difference. And we want to empower them to make the choices again, you know, similar choices in their life. So today I want to share this phenomenal concept that I learned from this book called The Four Tendencies. I read this book last year. Uh, I want to say last year or, or in 2020, I don't remember. But of course, I forgot and it didn't sit well with me at that time until recently when one of my coaches just brought this out that this is why because I was struggling with a challenge, like not a challenge, actually, I was struggling with something and I consulted her and, you know, I reached out to her that I need a coaching session. And then during the conversation, she just recommended like, she was like, oh, by the way, have you read this book? I was like, yeah, I read this book. And she's like, so, what? Uh, you know, whatever. From our conversation, I was like, oh my God, this makes a whole lot of sense. And then I started practicing with my kids and oh, such a game changer. I mean, you must know by now that game changer is my favorite word. And so anyway, so this book, it's a, you know, it, it shares this beautiful personality framework. And I'm such a nerd in self-discovery and learning about ourselves and learning about my kids' personality so I can facilitate the growth environment for them. And I can, you know, guide them and help them and empower them to making a better choice and best choice for them. So the author, Gretchen Rubin, shares this amazing, phenomenal personality framework called the Four Tendencies. And she shares, and she, like, she shares how humans are you know, divided in these four distinct types. And there are types. And of course, she doesn't mean to put us in, you know, into the, the, the box. And these four types also, like there are four types. And these four categories or types, whatever you want to call it, are inherently, they are not inherently bad or meant to make us feel like, you know, we're boxed in or we're doomed to lifelong problems. They're just, it's just meant as a, they're meant as a tool for us to gain insights into our nature and the nature of, you know, the people that we work with, the people we want to collaborate with, the people who we co-travel with, for example, our kids and our partner, you know, our coworkers, so that we can be more confident, productive, efficient, and effective individuals. So today I want to share this four-tendency framework with you, and, and I will actually also share 
a link in our bio to take a quiz and you can identify, you know, what is your tendency and then work through it. Like, okay, what can you do to be more productive, more confident, more efficient and effective individual? And how can you help your child be more confident, productive, effective and efficient being at the same time? So here we go. So four types. And these, each of the four tendencies or, you know, types, whatever we're going to, we're going to call it tendency. So each of these four tendencies deal with expectations differently. So number one is called an upholder. Upholders are the ones who meets outer expectations and inner expectations. These are the people who has no trouble getting to work on time, getting a full eight hours of sleep, because they just respond really well to both the expectations placed on them by the other people and the expectations they place on themselves. They get their work done efficiently and make time for themselves. So these are kind of like ideal people. And, you know, they find great satisfaction in meeting expectations and following rules, which means that these people are the kind that find it gratifying and liberating to have a discipline line. In fact, a good motto for these upholders is discipline brings freedom. And so this tendency doesn't actually come without, you know, it challenges because, of course, everyone has challenges. And so they are, of course, so ready to follow the rules that they, you know, sometimes neglect to ask questions and end up blindly adhering to rules and directions that are harmful or just plain wrong. So these are also the kind of people who are most likely to be snitch and the least likely to embrace the change. So in short, upholders are reliable people who, you know, who who you can rely on because they will meet your expectations and they will also take care of themselves. But like everyone else, they do face challenges, like experiencing what's known as tightening, which is opposite of how others, you know, would experience like the flow. And so, however, they, yes, they can start a new habit, for example, but over time, it gets tightened and becomes, you know, stronger and more controlling over their life. So that's their biggest, biggest struggle. So if you or your child or your partner is an upholder, if, you know, you're trying to work with them, the best piece of advice is to make sure you give clear and precise instructions. So whether it's for you, for your partner, for your child, and if you want to have, you know, meet, be compliant with each other and meet everyone's, you know, just have harmony in life then make sure that you give clear and precise instructions because once they have a clear understanding of the priorities and what's expected of them, upholders can then be left to take care of the business. And they're generally like, you know, self-starters, so they don't require like micromanagement and they can get their things done. However, they can have trouble delegating duties and adjusting to changes in routine. So if you see like, work piling up or, you know, things not getting done, then you might want to check in to see if they need help and just, you know, offer the help. So this is how you work with upholders. Number two tendency is a questioner. 
a questioner who meets their inner expectations but resists outer expectations. Yes, questioners. Questioners are the ones who are resistant to meeting the needs of others, and their nature can be both a benefit and a hindrance. So, for example, if you have something that you want to get it done by a questioner, if you go to them, the response that you might get is, "I'm willing to help you out, but you have to convince me why it's worth my time." Does that sound like? Do you know anyone like that? And this is actually a typical attitude of this tendency, the questioner. And so the questioners do a really fine job of setting and meeting their own expectations. But yeah, they have this—you know—they feel a strong desire to question everything else, that everything that other people want them to do. And so the best way to describe them is like you know. Questioner would say that I do what makes sense, even if it means ignoring rules or other people's expectations. Unlike upholders, because a questioner isn't going to just follow your instructions, be- just because you are the boss or you know you are the parent or you are the one who is telling them to do. Even if it's a procedure, people have been following for years. They're just not gonna follow right away. Because they want to know why you made this rule or why you need this to be done, so whether it you know whether or not it's fair. So they're just going to question, and it can be you know exhausting to deal with them at times. But their nature can be you know their nature is actually is what makes them tremendously valuable because they meet their inner expectations and they make you question things and not just blindly. Follow, you know, other people's requirements or requests, and so, like, you know, just because they ask you questions, it of course makes you think and not blindly follow the rules or you know expectations. But their nature can also be a hindrance when it comes to, you know, when it results in the analysis paralysis. Because the main reason for questions is to make sure the right decisions are being made. But if we get stuck in the analysis paralysis, Then of course it might you know overwhelm us and we might not be able to make the choice that we were really looking into. So the way we can work with questioners is you know we need to give them clear justification if you want them to meet you know your expectations because they don't just like being told what to do or comply with your request. They're just not gonna do it. So the key to dealing with a questioner is to be precise with your reasoning. And justification when you want to give them a task. I mean, you might be, you might have already experienced it when you know a kid who's constantly following up with every answers, and they'll just say, "But why? But why?" Right? So you already have experienced it. So ensure to do the quiz, and if you have a little quiz, you know, little kids, then you have to make the choices for them and find out what their personality is. What I what I've noticed though that it works if you have you know younger. I mean, if you have children who are like. Above ten because they can choose their answers for them, you know. Or because I tried it with my twelve-year-old, and that's how I'm working with. So this is more for like you know the the preteen age and you know teenager and how we can work with our partners and understanding our little ones might be difficult, and we might not come across that this is the right tendency because at that point it might just work as an assumption. As of course the kids can't answer you. You can try asking them question in a kid language, 
and see if you can find an answer. But I, I tend to know that it works best when the child is doing the quiz themselves. Our third tendency is obligers. These people, like, they meet outer expectations with no problem, but they resist inner expectations. Yes, they struggle to meet their own expectations. And, but there's a solution. This can be solved by manufacturing outside accountabilities. Yes, we'll talk more about it. But do you know someone who always puts others ahead of themselves and, you know, just are like people pleasers? That's what we call them. Because these are the people who excels at meeting outside expectations and they just fail to meet their desires. And, that's just how they're built. But again, yes, we have solution, right? So for example, some of the everyday tasks an obliger will have trouble with are like exercising, taking, you know, doing something for themselves, doing much of anything that requires, you know, self-motivation kind of a thing. That's where they struggle. But again, they are quite effective at meeting the demands of others. And in fact, the, the research says that obligers are the largest of the four groups. They are the dependable rocks of our society. And so even though they struggle mightily to give themselves the same respect that they give others. This is just how our society is built, right? And so if any of these sounds familiar to you, you may also be familiar with people telling you or you know someone you know that you simply need to be more selfish and you may also feel that you know a sense of shame at needing to come up with these outside sources of accountability because that's where we're going to go because these are the group of people the obligers they thrive by the sources of you know accountability in order for them to take care of themselves so obligers may be the toughest category to be in and that's why they might get most out of understanding these four tendencies. And, you know, they might get more out of this because this will actually guide them that this is how it works. This is how, you know, it's just hard for me to meet my inner expectations. So I'm just going to, you know, invest in accountability partners. I'm just going to ask for help. That's like, that's the most important thing that they can do. And they can actually get, you know, a lot of, frustrations and they can get you know they can snap out of the things just for you know people taking them for granted or treating them unfairly or you know feeling shamed with accusation of being lazy or pathetic and so that's why it's just important to work with obligers and you know provide that accountability and support them and i can share this because my husband is an obliger he falls into that obliger tendency. And my older child is also, he also falls into obliger tendency in that group. And so I know how hard it is for them to meet their inner expectations. Even if they want to exercise, they're not able to because that's just how it's, they're built in. They have, you know, acquired the people-pleasing tendencies and they think it's selfish to do the work, you know, and I mean, they just can't, they're just not able to do it. And so that's why accountability works best. And I know it from the firsthand experience when 
I am the accountability partner for my husband and my son, and they thrive. That's where they thrive. So it's just, you know, when we understand these tendencies, we can create the environment for our partner, for our child, for, you know, our coworkers, and we can support each other and help each other out. The next category, the next tendency, number four, is drum roll because this is the category where I fall in. It's called a rebels. A rebels are the group of people who resist outer expectations and they resist inner expectations. So rebels resist meeting any expectations or being bossed around, period. We don't like to be told what needs to be done and we don't want to do what we want to do. Yeah, it's weird. So anyways, this is the category, like not that many people fall into the, this category. This is the smallest group of the, the society. But the motto for these people is, you can't make me and neither can I. Yeah, freedom. We're like a freedom birds. <laughs> I fall into this, so I know how it feels. And it just feels so right. I felt so heard, seen, and understood when I read about this, this particular tendency. I was like, yeah, that's just me. You know, we, because not only, it's just inner thing. And not only we're having a hard time meeting your, like, you know, outer expectations, but we have a hard time meeting our inner expectations. And for us, it's all about individuality. And we want everything that, you know, to be a reflection of our unique self. And so anything that could be considered as an expectation gets rejected, period. We're not looking at it. We're not considering. We're just not even going to think about it. And so if this sounds like rather extreme, because sometimes it might seem like, you know, this is just extreme. Keep in mind that this is the smallest group of all four tendency. And one of the biggest thing that I learned as a rebel, that we love proving people wrong. <laughs> and that is so true. Like we, so rebels thrive. If you have rebel in life, they thrive in challenges. So you cannot just tell them that this needs to be done. You have to do this. This is your deadline because guess what? It's not getting done. And even if they want to do it internally, it's not getting done. And it just gets frustrating for themselves. And it's, you know, it doesn't serve anyone, like the surroundings or themselves. But thankfully, there are ways they can meet their own expectations at least. And they can also meet expectations, uh, outer expectations. It's just you need to learn how to get things done by them. Because just like obligers, rebel, uh, rebels also have this trouble of taking care of themselves and meeting their inner expectations. For them, what works is challenge. Like even if a rebel wants to exercise and, you know, eat healthy food, they just get frustrated with their inability to, you know, they, we just have this, we just cannot stick to, you know, the same routine or do what's good for us. That's just how it's just built in. So it just takes a little more efforts in facilitating the environment. So, for example, if you're a rebel or if you know someone who's a rebel and who's having trouble staying in, you know, staying with the eating habit, for example, because I have this gut health uh, problem and I have, I'm having a hard time staying, you know, following the routines and the, the eating habits, 
what we need to do is what what we can do is making like fitness you know geeking into the fitness or the the cooking and making that as a central part of our identity attaching that to our identity or you know that's what helps us because at that point we think this is a challenge because it it becomes challenging for us right sorry for blurbing everything out but okay this is how you can help a rebel out you have to help them attach attach it to their identity so for example if i want to you know have a healthy like gut what i need to do is stick with my eat and I, i'm having a hard time sticking with my eating habits or you know the moving the movements or the exercises i'm going to have to enroll myself into like a yoga training or you know take cooking classes if i attached myself to the identity and learning the skill because at that point it becomes challenging for rebel then they stick with it because it's they just need challenges in their life period you know the challenging part gets done for them the expectation communication just doesn't work for them so i hope this didn't confuse you and gave you some insights but again check out the show notes i'm leaving the link where you can go and find out what your tendency is what your partner's tendency is what your child's tendency is and have fun again the whole purpose of this podcast and the whole purpose of this whole you know the framework that author created is not to put us in a box it's just for us to identify and move on and how can we improve it's about improvement it's not about putting ourselves in you know one and thinking that oh i'm doomed now this is how i am i don't meet this inner expectations or i don't meet outer expectations it's not about that it's about okay identifying this is what my tendency is this is how i can work around this is how i can provide the growth environment to myself to my child to my partner right so whatever tendency you may be knowing more about yourself can help you succeed in your work your life your relationship so i want to share this little cheat sheet that i learned and you know i want to share with you just to keep in mind after you find the tendencies of yourself your partner your child your boss your co- coworker your friend whatever it is upholders want you to tell them what needs to be done and they value self-reliance and performance questioners want you to justify what needs to be done because they value justification and purpose obligers want you to hold them accountable for what needs to be done because they value teamwork and duties and rebels want you to let them decide what needs to be done because they value freedom and individuality and so just as no one type is more successful no one type is happier than another and what does bring more happiness is understanding ourselves better our kids better our partner better our coworkers better so we can collaborate better we can co-travel better and we can live a healthier it for this week's episode of race to rise be sure to sign up to our email list at risewithmetal.com and join us again next time for more wisdom about life kids and everything in between i am mitha patel wishing you happy raising and rising you